Welcome back, listeners, to another week of If I Only Knew. I'm joined by my co-host extraordinaire, Matt. G'day, mate. How are you? G'day, Fred. I'm doing very well, thanks. Now, as we speak this week, the great uh, state of Victoria is in a little bit of turmoil, Matt, and I saw this on the news and I thought, I I want to talk to Matt about this because there is a great deal of political unrest in Victoria at the moment because of some legislation proposed by the incumbent government that would give them the ability to extend emergency powers and declare a pandemic outside of... Uh, what we'd suggest is conventional medical advice. So the government suggesting in order to keep the populace safe, that there would be an opportunity for them to invoke emergency powers if they believe COVID or whatever comes next uh, was to be an imminent threat to the populace and to do it in a way in a time that might preempt medical experts declaring a pandemic. Their justification for that is keeping people safe But the backdrop of this is that Melbourne's been literally the most locked down city in the world during the COVID pandemic to date. And it seems to be that the populace from all sides, left, right, predominantly far left and far right, have arced up about what they believe to be a continued threat to civil liberties. With that said, there's been protests. And the protests of the most recent days have been probably some of the most broad in terms of community representation I've seen. And uh, unfortunately, the the argument's been drowned out by far left and far right who advocate for violence. So one man's been arrested for suggesting firearms be taken a protest and the Premier targeted, and I think he was far right, and then there's far left that have also made similar threats. So I don't believe the left and right of politics often speaks to what the real agenda is. And the issue is there are many agendas folded into this protest. What I wonder about, though, and and what I looked at is the amount of kids at the protest. And I suspect that the well-meaning middle of the road majority at that protest are using their right to protest as a way of telling the government that they don't want to be in a, um, a nanny state and they don't want to be the whims of a government. They'd rather listen to health professionals. But Matt, as a young person, I wouldn't have had the options from a school, a family or a, a social perspective to go to a protest. Mm. It seems to me like there's a freedom in your generation to do something that I think sort of kicked off in the 60s and 70s, which was this protest movement. Tell me about the role of protest in a young person's development today. It's very relevant at the moment, this, isn't it? Because we had some of those big protests earlier uh, during the COVID experience that caused quite a lot of discussion, things around Black Lives Matter, things around climate change slightly before that. And clearly protesting is something that young people are very involved in with protests like that. And it's interesting to hear you say that there are plenty of young people at the ones more recently because that kind of represents some different political agendas. And as you say, these things can be murky. So I don't think we were, we're getting too far into the actual content of these current protests. But what does it mean for young people to protest is a really interesting question because I think that it's something that young people seem to be wanting to do more. The notion of young people having a voice, I think, is something that I've heard more and more be relevant as I've I've grown up, I think. So I think there's one element and the simplest element that we won't spend too much time on is the fact that it's now easier to practically do the organising, the logistics of protests 
are more straightforward now. We have technology, we have social media that connects everyone, it gets people out on the street. You know, if one of your friends is going to a protest, you're far more likely to go because you know they're going, you can talk to them about it and you can go with them. It's really easy to make that happen now. And so I think I would be very hesitant personally to just rock up to a protest by myself. But I was at the climate change protests, the Black Lives Matter protests with people. You know, I went there because I knew people. I was a part of that, you know, and, and it felt like it made it far more accessible to me because I wasn't by myself and it was easy to make that happen. So I think that's like one side of it that makes it a bit more accessible. You know, it lowers the barrier to entry for people who might be worried or, or not sure about participating in this. The other question is like, why is this something that young people are doing so much more of now? And what do they get out of it, right? And so I think... One side of that is the fact that young people want to be heard more. I think there's there's more of a passion to say we have interesting and important things to say. Right now, people might dispute that. I suppose I'm of the opinion young people should be listened to. Um, but I, I think that like there is in the first place the sense of young people are going to be a part of their, the future. That is by definition, what youth means. And so we should have a say in what our future is. We shouldn't leave that future to be decided by people who won't live in that future. And so I think that that's something that young people care more about now, where we're more aware of the passage of time, perhaps, and, and the fact that we will inherit the earth. I think, and maybe this is just me in my personal context, but I do think that climate change specifically has driven some of this culture of protest, perhaps in young people. And I think maybe this also speaks to the resurgence of protests during the Vietnam War, those were things that very specifically targeted the interests of young people. The Vietnam War, you know, you risked being conscripted. That was very serious. Or you, you risked your friends or family going to war, right? That was something that was very close to home. It was very tangible. Well, climate change feels perhaps somewhat similar in the fact that we know we will inherit this earth, regardless of what happens uh out of, out of all of this. And therefore, we feel as if our interests are at stake and therefore perhaps we're more motivated to protest than we might be around, you know, other kinds of protests that might be driven by unions or that might be driven by more like political parties or political processes that young people just aren't a part of, you know. Whereas I think issues that are being protested about now feel to be more in line with the issues of young people. So I definitely think that's a big part of it for sure. We've seen protests here and overseas hijacked by or not hijacked, but certainly influenced by fringe groups. Do you think that there are some causes that are a little more immune to that? Or is that the risk with protests now, that if there's a hundred reasonable people with a concise agenda, then they can be joined in a march by 10 people that want to bring down society? I'm just going to give you an, an extreme. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's a risk. I wonder if that's always been a bit of a risk, but perhaps it's been exacerbated by the ease with which these things are organised. You know, it's a lot easier to put a public thing out there. And most protests have probably always been organised publicly, to some extent or another, but it might be a bit harder to see a poster on a corkboard for a protest in the 70s and then tack another poster on it underneath saying, come along if you want to overthrow society as well, we're going to hijack this protest. You know, someone just rips that down. Someone says, no, of course you can't do that. We're going to take that away. But uh, the internet now means that it's a lot harder to control the spread of this kind of public gathering. And so that probably makes that a bit more common, yeah. I think that if you look at the great sources of political unrest and protest throughout history, they're largely linked to human rights, the rights of people, whether it be the rights of women, the rights of minorities, 
the world gathering around, you know, ending apartheid in South Africa. And I agree that on that magnitude or of that magnitude is the debate about climate change. Mm -hmm. What do you think when you see people protesting around, say, the lockdowns during a lockdown? Does that have the same magnitude and importance to you as a young person as climate change? Mm -hmm. Yes, this is a very challenging question around protest, isn't it? Of like, how do you protest when it might be dangerous to protest when there might be risks from protesting and and um, what what justifies that. So, of course, I have my own political agenda that makes it quite clear to me what I think is justifiable to, justifiable to protest for and against during lockdowns or whatnot. I think that the modern world means that protests probably can be delayed or can be conducted in other ways to some extent or another, where I think that it's not appropriate to protest, particularly in a... Um, unconscientious way about lockdowns during a lockdown. So there was a big furor around the Black Lives Matter protest at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns that I believe we talked about before around this idea of, well, you know, you can't be getting together. You're all grouping together. We've, we've been forced to lock down. It's unacceptable to be violating those laws for that kind of thing. Um, and I rocked up to those protests. I stayed at the fringes and observed and kind of supported. I noted that almost every single person had a mask on for one thing. And a lot of people were reasonably social distanced. You know, not entirely so, but reasonably so. Contrast that with some of the lockdown protests during lockdown in Victoria, where few people had masks and where it was a, 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 seemed to be a bit more of a, a press involved in it. I found that to be a difference, I think, of how do you actually conduct yourself in the protest? You know, So you've chosen to meet in person. That's one big decision. Maybe it's warranted by the seriousness of, of the cause that you believe you're supporting. But there are alternatives to meeting in person now. You can sign online petitions. You can do other things. You could organize for the, after the lockdown ends. Those are all options. But you've decided to meet in person. Then how do you decide to conduct yourself while you're meeting in person because you've decided that your problem warrants that seriousness to meet? And I think that that can also determine the seriousness with which I take your calls, I think, in a, in a protest like that. Yeah. So I, I want to ask a question. What's too young? to go to a protest? Very good question. I think it certainly depends on who you're with. Um, I'm probably of the opinion that, you know, if you're not being indoctrinated into something, most of the time someone as young as, I don't know, like 10 or something could go along with their family or, or something like that. You know, you can make it a bit of a picnic or whatever. I don't see that as being a particularly um, troubling way to conduct things within reason. Obviously, don't bring children into a crushing press Maybe stay on the fringe or stay in the park, stay on the ground. You know, that seems to be pretty reasonable. Um, if you go by yourself, I would say like 15 or something. Like I think you've got to be pretty independent to go by yourself with a group of friends. Maybe, you know, it oscillates between 14, middle school, that kind of thing. But I think, you know, there is a real presence behind a big crowd of people. I think. And I think that that can be very intimidating for people. And look, I think that when you make that point, the same thing could be said for walking down Caxton Street in Brisbane on the night of the Gate of Origin. I'd probably be careful of little kids there too for the same reason, crowd control. I do think, though, there is... This is just a personal opinion and not one that's baked by any fact, but some of the more well-organised, significant issues seem to really reflect a degree of peaceful protest and real political change. So if I, if I compare the Black Lives Matter march 
which was, yes, uh, related to treatment of somebody in the US, but essentially allowed Indigenous Australians a platform to talk about death in custody. Um, and as a very small percentage of our community, a very large percent of our incarcerated community. So I think that that was done with a great deal of dignity. Organisers were very, very careful. There was very few, if any, arrests. Uh, there was no real violence or calls for violence. There was calls for change. If you then contrast that with the recent riot in Victoria that went on for two or three days around construction workers mm. having mandated vaccines where they turned on the union, they turned on each other, they turned on their employers, and it was actually a super spreader event um, for COVID. One seemed more legitimate than the other, and, and I think it sort of played out in the protest protocol, if you like. Um, the more serious issues are taken more seriously and less prone to descend into something mm -hmm. in Australia because we we have rules of engagement with our uh, police and we never use our armed forces for crowd control like that, which I think is a major issue and a major advantage here. I think in terms of kids protesting, when I reflect on it, I regret not having the chance to, mm -hmm. to be a little bit more active because I think it makes you smarter if you if you care about a cause. If you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. I want to ask a bit of a curly question based on the idea that we're seeing so many young people protesting around issues like climate change and around civil rights, which is essentially what Black Lives Matter was about. Should our voting age be dropped? I think I'd like to start with the idea that's just occurred to me that I think that one of the reasons that young people are so interested in protesting might be because it's difficult for us to feel like we're having an actual impact on the real world sometimes. And I think that that protesting might be a response to trying to feel like we can actually get out there. So you, you were saying you were disappointed that you didn't get to uh, get out there and stand for something. I also think it can help you feel like you're a part of something bigger than you and you can really participate in something greater, maybe even make a change, you know, that'd be excellent. Um, and I think that young people perhaps feel a greater sense of that powerlessness in the world, and maybe that's driven us towards more protesting. Now, maybe that's also driven us toward more education and toward more civic responsibility. So perhaps that is an argument for lowering the voting age. I'm of the opinion, personally, as someone who was reasonably politically engaged at the age of 16, that 16 is not an unreasonable age to give someone the option to vote. I'm of the opinion that people should have the option to vote in Australia if they're 16. Perhaps it's not compulsory at 16. Might be a different question. That Perhaps it's a bit more nuanced. Perhaps you can vote if you want to at 16, but we don't make every 16-year-old go out and vote. Um, there are risks about entrenching just, you know, family voting. If you're 16, you don't really know what you're doing at all. You're just going to ask your parents, hey, what should I vote? You know, I think that's a, that's a risk because the earlier you start that process, you know, tons of people vote the way their family votes. That's a, a very common um, phenomenon. But maybe it gets entrenched even further if we make people vote younger. And that's something that we should be cautious about, I think. But I personally am in support of a younger voting age if you want to. I think young people have a desire to be engaged in their own life. Sometimes they might not have the skills at that kind of age. And sometimes they might not have the time or the interest or whatever. But I think most people want to be involved in the way their future is going to develop. And I think voting can provide that option in a more active way. I'm, I'm of the belief that if we drop the voting age with a cohort of young people, and it's not all young people, let's be honest, some of them don't care. There's plenty of adults that don't care. About Indeed. Them. So let's be upfront about that. But I believe if you drop the voting age tomorrow, then 
the dialogue from both major parties about critical issues would change overnight because young people have the capacity, and I agree with you that the influence and bias of a family in voting is, is real, but it's also the idea of that rebellion of youth. I, I'm of the belief that gr the groundswell of discontent about a current government's environmental management plan forced our Prime Minister to go to a global conference that he would have otherwise not attended. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not people my age and above that did that. So I'm of the belief the age of consent, the age of voting, the age of, you know, uh, being able to drive a car, all of those things speak to a cognitive acuity. Mm -hmm. So I find it bizarre that there's different numbers around different things. Um, the only thing that I disagree with is I would make it mandatory for everybody. Interesting. I um, maybe I'm a, still a bit of a fascist in that regard, but I think one of the greatest examples of, of our democracy is the fact that you have to vote. Yeah. I've never once put in a blank ballot. I think if you did a poll of the average 16 year old, I reckon more than 50% of kids would want to vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, that question is never asked. And the reason for that is there is nobody in our parliaments that represent yeah. who a 16 year old would vote for. Hence the idea of protesting to get your voice heard, I think. Matt, I find this fascinating. I didn't know, actually. I didn't wasn't aware that you'd gone on some of the protests that you spoke about. I'm not surprised by it because I know you're very politically aware. And, and again, I think it's an advantage that, that you have that wasn't available to me. I also think it's representative of being more connected in the world that you live in. Mm, yeah. You know? And I think that you'll be of a generation where you can actually see uh, how your actions contribute to fundamental change, where a lot of other generations probably didn't get mm. that um, immediate satisfaction or that midterm satisfaction. Mate, it's been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for exploring mm. that with me. I, I, I think I've learnt so much more about my thoughts on it from mm. listening to how you benefited. And uh, it's probably changed the way I think about approaching a protest if my kids wanted to go. Mate, have a great week. Enjoy the rest. And, and listeners, we'll be back to you next week. And that's bye for now. Awesome. See you guys. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment. And in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tuning to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.